Welcome to Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco, bringing you interviews with industry experts and regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews in 60 days, guaranteed. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hey guys, I am delighted to have with me today Sonal, Sonal Behel. I probably just said that wrong. I've listened to <laughs> your name a thousand times and I apologize. So you'll have to repeat it correctly. Um, but Sonal is an experienced HR director and career strategist who's lived and worked in India, Uruguay, Chile, France, and now in Belgium. So all over the world. Um, her career spans two decades in HR and coaching. And she has screened over 250,000 resumes conducted over 5,000 interviews across three continents. That's exhausting just saying. Um, but she has taken that expertise um, She's to recruit, build, and evolve highly talented teams at startups, Fortune 500s, and mid-sized companies. Um, today, she's the founder of Supercharge, where she shares career-boosting strategies that give clients a competitive edge to land a dream job, get promoter, get promoted and lead richer, happier, and more purposeful lives. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. I know it's late over there. Um, I've been a huge fan of yours. So I appreciate you coming on and spending your evening with me. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Virginia. It's an honor. I've been following your stuff for a while. So uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I think this is going to be a, a good conversation. So, so you heard me just briefly spell out you know, your background, but how did you come to starting your company? Most of us, I've said this before, most of us don't come out of school saying, well, I'm going to start my own career coaching company. How did how did it come about for you? Yeah, that's a, a fabulous question. I loved, loved corporate life. I was one of those people that would look forward to getting up. Oh, it wasn't even getting up in the morning. It would be the night before I'd you know, set up my clothes, get organized, clothes and shoes. Everything was ready, matching jewelry. <laughs> I was, so you were was, not, you didn't have dreams of being an entrepreneur your whole no, life? No, not at all. Um, Me neither. And, and I was that, yeah, I, I have to talk to you about your stuff sometime. <laughs> um, so I was that person and I loved it, you know, because you, you hear people, you know, you hear uh, corporate life getting a bad rap, uh, these days. And, and, uh, I was not that person. I, I never complained as such. So, yeah. So I, I loved it till I didn't. <laughs> so, so that's the, the short version. Obviously, you know, the different countries and, and we were chatting, uh, backstage just before we yes. hit record. So there's obviously it's a, it's a squiggly, uh, non-linear. Yeah. Uh, I see a little airplane moving around the globe with you. Yeah, um, yeah. really quickly. So I am from Uruguay and I shared that in our earlier chat. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has heard of Uruguay, much less gone there. So the fact is she worked there just really intrigued me much less jumping to Chile and France mm-hmm. and, you know, growing, you know, being from India. So yeah. So walk me through it. So, yeah. So born and brought up in New Delhi. I'm, I'm a hundred percent Indian and I always wanted to be in HR. That was my dream. So I started working in HR and I got a big break at GE Capital and I was, uh, you know, doing really well there and then, uh, got married and, and the person I got married to had a brilliant opportunity to head marketing for his company in Latin America. And that meant, that meant leaving my career behind and leaving that promotion, which I had just got like literally two months before, um, to, to follow him, which is what, uh, sometimes as a good spouse, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say good, good wife because, um, he actually returned the favor and I'm going to get to that, but that's what (laughs) you do, right? You support each other. Yeah. So I followed him. So Uruguay was the first, uh, country we were in. And then we were in Chile, actually, in, in Santiago um, for a couple of years after Uruguay. So Uruguay was a, um, a very interesting experience for someone who's newly married. It's um, Montevideo. It's 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 very pretty and all that, but it's very quiet, right? Mm-hmm. And no, it's, it's not it's, a hopping city. <laughs> 
It's the perfect place if you have two kids and a dog. That's exactly right. That is a newlywed. <laughs> so, Wrong which place. Is, uh, yeah, but but work-wise, I, I struggled because I wanted to, you know, start working again. And uh, it was a very specific um, structure there in terms of HR. If you wanted mm-hmm. to be in HR, they say in Spanish, you need to be a psicologa. So you need mm-hmm. to be a psychologist. And I was like, oh, okay. No, my, it's funny. My cousin's wife, yep, she's a psychologist. And that's how she got broken to HR, which I thought was crazy. But yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I happen to study sociology, but actually I don't use any of that stuff That's when right. it comes to HR work. So the only thing I could do, uh, Virginia over there was teach English to professionals. So I was teaching English to Spanish speaking executives at big companies. And I would be that English instructor who'd go into their company and, and have lessons with them on how to get better at English so that they could get promoted and leave and live in Miami. That's right. <laughs> that was, so I, I was like, I never thought I'd be doing this. Oh and I goodness. actually, I loved it. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't like a permanent thing. No, it's so not your I, calling. I, it wasn't my calling, but I did enjoy it. And I was like, this is fun. And I, I, I remember I will never, ever take English for granted ever again. When you have to teach a language, you realize, oh boy, it is full of exceptions. This is not a, a, a language which likes to follow rules. It's basically uh, all Which is the why place. I love it because you can throw out the rules, but I'm sure learning it from yeah, scratch. Although totally. I'm, yeah, I don't know how. Well, you, you're obviously multilingual though, so... I do like languages. And uh, so then moved to Chile because, you know, his, his company, uh, because of uh, an acquisition, and which was much uh, bigger. Santiago is a bigger mm-hmm. city. And I did the same thing. So what I did in Uruguay was teach English, learn Spanish very, very quickly because I, I wanted to integrate as quickly as possible so that I could start working again. Yeah. And I had time suddenly after four or five years at you know GE. It was like, okay, I am actually home by 4 p.m. Now, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I started volunteering a lot. I was very heavy in the volunteer scene. And I did the same thing in Chile in the first few months. So teach English, learn Spanish and volunteer. So by about the the one year, three month mark, I was completely fluent in Spanish. And then I got a great opportunity, um, which is a a different story in itself. And this is the early days of LinkedIn. This is, uh, (laughs) I had just put my profile in there. It was early 2006. 2006 and okay. I, I treated it like a dumping ground and I, I looked on LinkedIn because the search functionality was quite obviously it was in its infancy and well, I, didn't you search, me. I didn't get on there until 2008 yeah and and it was like okay what can let's figure this out it was so new and I was like who is uh living in Santiago uh, and who used to be in Uruguay before, or I think you could do a search by nationality. I, I don't remember, but I do remember I found this one guy and uh, my husband said, meet him. So I said, okay, you know, just for careers, because he was doing uh, really well. So I, I sent him a message and he said, I'm happy to meet you. So we, I, I had lunch with him and my husband said, hey, why don't I come along? And he brought his uh, wife along. So that was it. Never thought about it again. Uh, until a few months later, I, g- I got a call from PwC and they were looking for someone and they wanted to meet me. So I met them and it turned out <laughs> that guy's wife, her dad was a partner at PwC. So that little, you know... Isn't that crazy? It is so crazy. I can't tell you because people use the word life-changing. Uh, that changed my life because when I was working at PwC, I was this exotic uh, Asian person, uh, a, you know, a brown ethnicity in this uh, completely different office. I was one of the few people, or I think I was the only one who spoke fluent English. And it was a 100% Spanish-speaking environment. So this gave me so much confidence because when I was applying to business schools around the world and I was applying to the top three, top four schools, which are so competitive, right? Uh, But just by doing this, I became what is international. You know, I'm putting air quotes, international. I was never international before that. So uh, the power of just going out, complete strangers. And I didn't have an agenda when I met him. It was like, maybe I can help him. Yeah. I just remember being totally blank. So so that was Uruguay and, and Chile. And, th- and that was great fun. In Chile, I was at PwC doing all sorts of consulting projects, uh, you know, HR related, right. process improvement. And it was so challenging, Virginia, because it was all in, um, not only was it in, not only was it in Spanish, but the content was new to me. Like, I don't know what project management is. I don't know that you have to do PMP or, you know, what, 
and all of this in in another language was completely well, insane. I mean, there's it's one thing to be fluent to be able to order at restaurants and things like that, but to then conduct have, business the professional meetings. language is a whole different. Uh, yeah, so. business totally different. Business meetings and and uh, you know day to day friendships in in the language. The good thing is when nobody speaks your language, uh, Virginia. I find that you you improve, and you you go completely like off the charts. Uh, no, I, because, yeah, immersion is the best way to learn. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that that's the story. And then wow. uh, time was ticking. Time was ticking and I wanted to do an MBA. Uh, and then I was applying to business schools and I and I got accepted at INSEAD, which is a, a uh-huh. brilliant school and it was my dream school. So this time... Um, you know, the husband returned the favor and he followed me to to France, which is uh, where the program was. And in between, by the way, uh, took a, a four-month break, had a baby. So this was a beautiful, but very crazy period. Yes. I mean, I, I, I just told you before, he's, uh, he's 12. So this is 2008. I start the program. He's four months old. I'm still feeding him. I don't know what I was thinking, Virginia. I think I was a little like, I, would, I think I was nuts, but <laughs> I just decided I was going to do it and, and it was done. It was um, a quick program. You get in, you know very well what you want to do when you get out. You don't have two years like in a business school in the US to explore. You know very well, okay, when I finish, I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z. And that I was my intention. That. Okay. <laughs> so, and then, uh, yeah, came to Belgium right after. And uh, I worked at three different companies here. Uh, they... They went through different restructuring. I left uh, my, my my positions were uh, you know made redundant, so it was it was fine. You know, I learned a lot. I uh, enjoyed uh, some of the companies, some of them less so. But you know, that's the that's always the case, right? And and you learn from all kinds of experiences. So and so different telecom, um, food, mining, oh, wow. and chemicals, totally different. Uh, and all in HR. And many times it was, oh, by the way, I forgot to say this many times it was in, in French, because uh, um, that's the lingua franca um, in, yeah. um, in many in companies. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. So I learned it quickly and the Spanish definitely helped. Um, and I had to even let go. I had to let people go um, in French. So that's not only knowing the language, wow. but the, em- the empathy. empathy oh, yeah. that's a hard one. So uh, everything was fine. And I was just losing that spark uh, at some point. You know, I don't want to make it sound like one of those uh, pity party stories. But uh, I, I remember this one particular day, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I was I had to let a lot of people go. And I didn't necessarily agree with some uh, decisions that were made. Um, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I doing? You know, I, I go in in the morning. I, I come back late at night. The the nanny is putting the kids to bed. Um, I don't see them much. Mm-hmm. But if I loved my job, it would be worth it. Yeah. I wouldn't feel bad. But if you're not even uh, convinced you're doing what feels right to you, then what's going on? So yeah. I, I, I quit. It's the first time in my life I quit wow. voluntarily, not because I was moving continents mm-hmm. or or because the company had decided because of cost restructuring and all that. But this was the first on time your in my terms. life. I, on my terms, I was like, I, I'm done. I'm done. And uh, that was that was difficult, Virginia, because, uh, you know, I thought, that's it. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z later. I'm, I'm going to do interim HR management. Um, I wasn't getting calls. I met a lot of people. Everybody said, you're so interesting. It's, you know, you're so exotic. I was like, okay, where are the jobs? Where are the jobs? No, there weren't any. So that was a difficult year. This is 2018. And then I decided, okay, I'm not finding any, any, any jobs. So I'm just going to create one. And I have no idea how it's going to look, but I do know I want to help people. And I do know that the thing I can do and help, because I did in the meantime, a ton of pro bono, uh, you know, coaching and consulting. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out, but I don't know what to do, but I think I can start making videos on YouTube about how to do CVs, how to do interviews, very detailed, step-by-step, very practical, because that's stuff I, I know and I like it. So that's what I started doing. And, you know, it was very slow. 
um, very discouraging. Nothing really happened with it. It gave confidence for sure because I don't like being in front of the camera. So that was really good. It, it, and I, I taught myself video editing, all of that stuff. You know, learned it on YouTube. I love YouTube uh, for lots of stuff, everything, even like, you know, I'll, I'll edit my own podcast. I'm completely okay with it, but it's all thanks to YouTube. But, you know, you love it, but then you're like, okay, but what do I want to do? So when I, something changed when I took the same content. And I came back to LinkedIn. Hello. You brought, <laughs> I you brought your YouTube to LinkedIn. Yeah. And I had, I'd left LinkedIn. I had a coach at that time. And she said, you need to be doing more stuff on LinkedIn. And I had so much fear. So much fear of being on LinkedIn. I don't know why I thought that the world is going to be judgmental. And she said, you've got to get over yourself. And she helped me and said, this is not a nice headline. You've got to change the headline. And all of that stuff. And I started putting content. And, and then people started reaching out. And they said, Isn't I read this crazy? article. Yeah, I read this article or I, I watched this video. Can we talk? And you know, when your confidence has taken such a beating... Mm-hmm. Like our clients. You can't, you don't believe it. It's a little numb. Like, you want to mm-hmm. talk to me? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so, and from there on, it's been, it's been unstoppable. Well, so you, you, you figured out where your people were. Cause the job seekers probably that you were working with probably weren't hanging out on YouTube. I, that's it. And that was, um, um, it was a stubborn mistake, let's call it that, because I'd heard this from people who uh, looked really knowledgeable and I was like, no, 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 no. But then I realized, yeah, they're right, because YouTube is a bit more entertainment uh, and uh, the serious job seekers are all hanging out on LinkedIn. Yeah, that is such a fascinating story. And I love how it came full circle back to LinkedIn where it sort of <laughs> took off, right? Absolutely. I'm sorry it was a bit long, no, long-winded. No, that's so, you know, and I think job seekers can relate to what you've gone through because so many of them, you know, have have had their jobs eliminated for whatever reason and they don't yeah. they don't know how to get started. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And how to how to use a platform for what you know, LinkedIn has a lot of power that a lot of people don't realize. And you have two different examples of one using yep. content and one making a connection to someone that turned into a job uh, yeah. that you had no, you never expected. Uh, absolutely. And not just that, but a, a completely cold connection. And, uh, and no, I, I, I know exactly what they're going through because I've lost my job. Because uh, before GE I had a little stint as well, and that was the dot-com bubble when it mm. burst and, and we lost our funding. So I've lost my job actually three times and it's been such a roller coaster. So it's like, it's that, that's really important what you just said, because there's so much noise. There's so many people who are giving advice. Um, it's important to listen to people who are like, you know, it, know what they're talking about. Yeah, because they've they, been there. You know, been there they've been that. there mm-hmm. in, in some way or the other. They've been there and, and uh, they've learned. It's not just that they've been there, but they've learned because I've made so many mistakes. Well, I love that. And I love that you're willing to share them because that mm-hmm. that's, that's authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you work with all sorts of different job seekers um, and you were a job seeker yourself. Are there a couple of challenges that you see people that are, you know, facing that they're, they're, they're testing the job search waters either um, because they need a new job or because they're looking to make a career change like what you went through? Mm. Yeah. Um, so the biggest one, which is obviously the elephant in the room, because we're recording this in 2020, mm-hmm. is, is is definitely COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that COVID is a it's two things for me. It's a real challenge, but it's also a fake challenge. And when I say fake, I mean it's it's sometimes used as an excuse for inaction. And I'm calling it out when I see it with my clients or or you know, somebody who who read a post and and yes, but you no, know, we were just talking was, about how our kids use as, as an excuse too with their schoolwork. Yeah, so okay, yeah, yeah, but adults are not that different, right? Because no, um, yeah, it's like when you you write something and you're trying to be positive and you're trying to be like, okay, this is what you do, and and this happened a few days ago. Uh, there was an article and. This won't, you know, somebody wrote, this won't work in my country because of the culture or, you know, and I was like, I was so angry. And I I, I wrote uh, something back and later I showed it to my husband and he was like, what's wrong with you? Like, you sound so immature. But I, I was like, okay, I, I, I was trying to come from a good place, uh, but it, you know, it, it came out all wrong. And 
So the thing is, it can be used as an excuse as well. This won't work here. Um, so I'm, I'm very mindful of it. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing when it comes to anything new, any change, the biggest thing is our lizard brain, right? And that's fear. So the, the, the fear, which is, I'm not talking like, oh, I'm a little scared. I'm talking paralyzing fear. Yeah. And I've, something that I've experienced with very, very deeply. Um, so that getting over yourself, that part is, is I think the biggest challenge that, yeah. um, you know, and fear comes out in so many different ways for some people. It's analysis paralysis. Other people yeah. get very negative. Like what you saw saying, well, this isn't going to work for this thing, or this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, but I think fear is that underlying emotion that is that's driving that yeah no, yeah, no. no absolutely that's and, and the, like that's that, at the yeah. at the foundation of everything so it's not one of those things which is trendy it's it's in 2020 and it'll go away i think pandemic or no pandemic any change any mm-hmm. change yeah we're, we're moving houses uh, uh change is scary a, Change is scary, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's so many examples of uh, of change that goes well, uh, you know, versus change that uh, goes terribly wrong. So it's all about how we respond to that. I agree. I agree. I don't think anyone's ever said that before. That 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 you're right. That is that is that's the common challenge, and the different mm-hmm. manifestations exist, but that is the underlying emotion. Yeah. Um, is there something that you find that clients are don't, that don't expect when they start job hunting or that just really catches them off guard? Because um, I work with a lot of people that haven't needed a job search for years. Yes. And people who haven't needed a job search for years are typically uh, surprised by um, the, hum- the what do you call it? The humble pie. <laughs> they have to eat, um, <laughs> which is all about, hey, I thought it would be done by now. It um, takes longer than they expected. Expectations. expectations. Uh, you know, I thought by, by September, you know, the kids would have started school. So I thought I'd have a routine by now. Uh, so it's either that or uh, the complete lack of empathy. And that's funny because it's so uh, hypocritical. It's the complete lack of empathy they see when they're on the other side. And when I ask them, but, you know, because my clients, uh, at least my paying clients um, are uh, relatively senior. So they're they're surprised when they get ghosted or, you know, uh, feedback takes longer. And and then I questioned them like, yeah, when you were on the other side, when you, complete, yeah. when you were a hiring manager, be completely honest with me. Did you not do that? Did you or did you not? And it would be like, no, no. Okay, this one time. Yeah, that one time is that one time that you're going through right now. <laughs> now you know what it feels like. <laughs> well, I think it, the fact that you were on the other side probably gives you some insight um, that, you know, that they, a lot of times people don't have it because they haven't been in HR. They don't even though they were a hiring manager, they didn't know how things were working. Yeah. Yeah. The inner and, workings and, of it. Yeah. And, and related to that also surprised a little bit that, you know, there, there needs to be a, a proper strategy and not like I'm going to wing it, but yeah. let's practice together. And I have clients who are like, Hey, I, I have an interview tomorrow. Hey, do you want to practice? No, no, I'm going to be fine. And then I saw mistakes being made and I said, listen, I'm sure you're really, really good at it, but it's been so, it's been 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> since yeah. You, had. you might so need some, you, we might need to do some brushing up yeah. together. So uh, that's all of that coming together. It's like, okay, a, a new dose of uh, humility. No, that's what I agree. Surprised. I agree. But yeah, that lack of strat, that lack of a plan. Um, mm. I see mm. that all the time. Mm. Um, I just don't think people realize that this is a process. Mm. Um, which I think, you know, if, if they don't realize the process, they don't realize that there needs to be a plan in place. So yeah. what, what advice do you have for that person who is, that knows that they want to make a career pivot? They don't just want any old job. They want to make mm. some sort of a change. How should they get started? Yeah. Um, I think related to the first point, because. Um, 
I, I was talking to someone today and on a on a LinkedIn live, and she does a lots of uh, meditation and mindset stuff. And she invited me, and and she said, "Let's talk about mindset stuff for job seekers." And I was sharing this, eighty uh, percent. And and by the way, uh, this is completely a, a made up statistic from my own experience. It could okay. be uh, this is it anecdotal, could be, uh, <laughs> totally anecdotal, okay. and it could it could be way off. But this is a feeling. I think eighty percent of the entire job search, career search process is mindset. And I think the 20% is the rules of the game. You need to know your LinkedIn, your resume, your interviewing, your networking, all of the good stuff. Uh, but I feel like, you know, it's like the pyramid and it's like the mindset stuff is the foundation and it takes up the most amount of time where I, I think people are very quick to skip this part. And no, 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 no. I just need the resume part. Can you help me? So... There's moving parts, right? There's there's parts of the puzzle and they all come together. So the first piece I have is, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the mindset part is not to have too much pressure on yourself. So, which means, and, and by the way, this comes from my own experience because I took a break um, when I lost my job at one point and, and um, um, I had another kid and I knew that I wanted to get back at a very senior level again. But not all companies recognize that. And no, they, right. they sometimes mm-hmm. feel, yeah, yeah, but you've been away for two and a half years. So I was very lucky. I was able to get to a director position after a, a break of two and a half years. But after that, it felt like I had taken a step back when I moved to the next role. So it was a, okay, director to senior manager. It doesn't matter. But the ego doesn't tell you that. The ego is not your friend. So so the, the piece of advice I have here is treat the next step like the next position you have, like a stepping stone and almost like a springboard, you know, to something that you will probably be even better at. But the next role doesn't have to be the one. Doesn't and have I don't to even be the know, forever. No, I think not forever. Yeah. And, and the one, I don't even know what the one looks like because there's this thing about expectations and reality. And then everybody knows it looks so, you know, like the honeymoon period, everything's great. And then you're like, oh gosh, what is this? You know, this, we fell in love and then this person leaves <laughs> wet towel, wet towels on the floor and, and you know, makes noises. Yeah. So that's the first thing is treat it like a stepping stone or a springboard to something which, you know, will be even better and, and not to have so much pressure. And the second one, which is again related to, to mindset, um, is, this line that I read in a book and I love it. It's uh, by um, this woman who lives in New Jersey, um, who's from New Jersey. Her name is Marie Forleo and I'm a big fan of hers. She wrote a book called Everything is Figure Outable. And, and Virginia, it is such a simple, practical book on how everything to figure is figure outable. Her mom made that word. So everything is figure outable. <laughs> There's a solution to every problem. And, and she says, you know, when you're a little bit confused and it feels like there's this fog and you're driving, but it's not very clear. She says, clarity comes from engagement, not from thought. So it's like, you got, you got to take action and thinking is overrated. So, so what is this? That analysis paralysis thing, right? Yeah, it is, it is very overrated. It, It completely paralyzes us. So it's like, okay, what does that mean? So, um, I'm at the edge of this. And by the way, this is a true story because I don't like cold water. So I'm at the edge of the swimming pool and everyone's like, come in, it's great. The water's lovely. And I'm like dipping my toes. No way, no way. And I'm thinking really hard. And I'm sitting there for an hour. I'm cold. (laughs) Then somebody says, just just do it. And you go in. And and then you say the same thing to the next person. Come in, the water's great. It's not so bad. So uh, I wouldn't have... You know, and then you're moving, you're in action, and then it's not so cold. So it's the same thing. You're like, okay, I've been a finance, senior finance professional for a long time, but I'm now really, really passionate about helping other finance professionals. And I think I could do a really good job with their, with their marketing, but who's going to hire me in marketing? I've never done it before. Okay. What do you need to do? Maybe volunteer somewhere mm-hmm. or shadow somebody. No, I can't do that. That looks really junior. And, and what are people going to say? Lots of thinking. So instead of thinking, I'm and listening to your ego. 
listening to your ego, which yeah. we said is not your friend. your friend. So whether it's volunteering or shadowing somebody or creating content from whatever experiences that you're having and you're like, I learned this today. I applied it. This works. This doesn't work. Finance professional. And you, you know, you use the hashtags, all of the stuff that you know is going to help you to get noticed. So it's like, ah, oh, something well, is happening with taking action. Something's happening and I'm getting the message you know, there's response and my brain is telling me, hey, you're actually good at this. Which doesn't that. happen if I just think if about you think it. think about because, it, yeah. You don't have yeah, anything rewarding rewarding that feeling. Um, no, not at all. And, and I'm sure you've seen this with, I have seen this with friends and they're like working on this project and I'm like, oh yeah, just a few more tweaks and it'll be ready for launch. I've seen them doing it for 18 months. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, death by, no, death by word launch, smithing. That's what I call that. Launch, launch, launch already. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you know, I've always felt like making a giant career leap is sometimes for a lot of people, it's too ambitious, but think about that micro pivot, which I guess is sort of like what you were saying as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about my own career. I always wrote for a living. Um, mm. And I, if I, you know, I, but I, I pivoted to starting to write. Um, I wrote resumes for the industry that I knew. And then it grew into writing for all sorts of resumes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't set out to be a resume writer for anything and everybody. Um, but I had to do that micro pivot and check my ego at the door. Cause yes, it was a pay cut. And yes, it was. Um, you know, it was very different from what I was doing before, mm. but mm. it's, it wasn't the forever step. I didn't know what the big, I didn't know that what the end goal was, but taking those sort of baby steps got me to, got me farther than if I had just said, I want to go do this. I would never have figured out. I could never leap for, leapfrog to that point. Oh, that's a fantastic story. Yeah. And and the thing that you said, um, I've always been good at writing. I've always... So you, when you were a journalist as well, right? So bad, it yeah, wasn't like journalism. you were thinking mm-hmm. about... Uh, I th- I don't know. It was like, okay, this interests me. I'm going to write about right. it, right? So that's right. probably how journalism... But I remember thinking, I don't know HR. I'm not a recruiter. Mm-hmm. So how, mm-hmm. can, you know, how mm-hmm. can I write about this? But I've been a hiring manager. So, mm-hmm. um, But the ego could could get in your way. Ego is, is the thing because, you know, when, when I was talking about these two things, the stepping stone and, and the clarity that comes from engagement, we're talking about having the student mindset again, which is not the ego's mm-hmm. friend. No, it's the not. Ego wants you, the ego wants you to appear as the expert or the master, That's right. not the student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So we talked about advice for someone who's looking to make a career move or a pivot. What about someone who has been job hunting and it's, you know, it's really, it's going not well at all. How do you recommend they sort of regroup? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm going to say, I feel for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of everything that's going on, uh, this year has been such a dumpster fire. So uh, please don't feel alone. Reach out to people. And and this is going to sound a little bit self-serving, but um Think about hiring a coach and, and, uh, there are good coaches out there. There are great coaches out there. There are maybe not so great coaches. Do your homework. It's, but there's it's coaches hard. of all budgets and there's job clubs where people, yes. yeah, there are options. There's, uh, that's the second thing I was going to say. So reach out if you can hire a coach who, you know, you know, has worked with someone because at the end of the day, if you're doing the same thing and you're not seeing success, it's the, Einstein definition of insanity. Of insanity, yeah. Um, so if you if you know if you can reach out because then a certified coach can say this is what's working, this is what's not, and this is so great about you, but you don't know that thing is great about you because you're too close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have this ability uh, to show you a mirror, and and it's like um, uh, you know a, a coach friend of mine told me he said you can never tickle yourself, you won't laugh. <laughs> uh, someone tickles you it's it's funny and it's the same ability uh with a coach and and I know that you had Dorothy Dalton on the show and I was mm-hmm. talking to her uh I was talking to her yesterday and she said it's so funny she's like I've seen clients who have 
no problem spending $500 on a pair of shoes. But when it comes to investing in themselves in the real sense, yeah, Yeah. in the real sense, then there's hesitation. So think about personal growth, what it means. Um, I've seen uh, amazing work happen um, with not just my clients. So it's not about me, but with uh, myself, because I, I, I've i hired three coaches. Um, I have too. And, and you know what they say? A coach needs a coach. So everyone who's successful out there has had a coach. Mm-hmm. So so that's the first one. And, and the second is, of course, um, have a community, help people out. Don't think about, I need help. Give what you need. If you need help, give help. If you want respect, give respect. If you want love, you give love. It's so funny because it comes back to you uh, 10 times over. No, I love that. I love that. And um, you're right. Even coaches hire coaches um, because we might be good at one thing, but not the other. Um, and and yeah, I've never been afraid to outsource that because I know what I'm not good at. And if someone mm-hmm. else can teach me, I'm all for it. Yeah, that that really helps with the self awareness piece as well. And and the last thing I want to say here is, if you don't, if the first two example, uh, you know, uh, the the points that I I made don't necessarily resonate, then the third one you could do is okay, completely step back, try and be as objective as possible, which is not easy, but do that, and see the past experiences you've applied, you've met people, it didn't work out. Try and establish patterns and see why, and ask yourself these uncomfortable questions. If you don't want to have somebody else ask them you ask yourself and there's truth in there uh and you know it so so figure that out and, yeah. and work it out so that you actually are improving and not uh regressing being stagnant no agree so i want to ask you this next question is a little bit of a pivot but i come across it all the time where someone has needs you know they're looking to make a move and they have lots of skills that they've that, you know, they've worked in sales, they've worked in service, they've worked in operations, and they say, I'm open to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guide them when their their mm-hmm. next role really could be in a number, in any number of different directions? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this is a fabulous question, Virginia. And I'm going to give you... Um, a very not. Uh, I'm going to give you a very controversial answer. <laughs> right. Love it. Um, we're in 2020, so the technology has always been there, but I think this is the year the the world has woken up to it. You know, um, finally. So, if you're multi passionate and multi skilled, that's congratulations. I want to say congratulations. It, it means you're you're not. Um, you know, that that uh, one hit wonder type of person that mm-hmm. this is all I can do. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because many people crave that, but you want to do many things. Um, I'm going to say two things which are going to contradict themselves and I'll explain myself. So the first thing I'm going to say is the traditional thing, but I believe in it, but there's a big but. Uh, the, the, the riches are in the niches. That's the American thing, niche. Uh, the riches are in the uh, in Francais, la riche, la niche. Me too. So they say that you want to be known for something. You want to be known for something. But but what if you are good at the marketing side of things, but you also like finance? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine. The narrower you are, the better it is. Uh, and the narrow doesn't have to be one. It could be two or three, but there you have to have some sort of stitching together. You know, like yeah, it's not they have, to, they have to be complementary, I think. They have to be complementary. And mm-hmm. even if they're not, but there's a way you have worked it out that they're kind of stitched together and they're not looking haphazard. Um, and the non-traditional part I'm going to say is then show this to the world. We are living in the gig economy. Um, and the technology allows you to do that you if you if your company is okay with it and you're interviewing and you have this day job but you have this side hustle going on on the side and it has nothing to do with your day job what is wrong with multiple streams of income if anything this year has told us you know that might be the way to go and and there's no need to be scared so the fact that you're multi passionate and multi-skilled, it means you've been given this this God-given talent, you know, whether you believe in God, spirit, universe, superpower, whatever it is, you've got it. And I think it's a waste to not put it to good use and and help someone. You know, maybe you have a thing for comedy. Uh, fine. Uh, 
I, I see people making funny videos on LinkedIn and, and it's related to their area of expertise, mm-hmm. but they're like, yeah, but I love it. Or I, you know, dance. It's all sorts of crazy stuff now. There's like people dancing on LinkedIn. It's not for everyone. Uh, uh, personally, it's not for me, but but those people have found their calling. They're like, okay, I'm really good at, you know, finance, back office, but I love singing. So, you know, I, I know someone who does that on LinkedIn and he, he makes songs. He oh, does... I want to see that. I follow a poet and he does a Tuesday and a Friday poem. Oh, okay. It okay. makes me so, so this, happy. This, this one I follow, his, his, his uh, hashtag is back office bard. <laughs> and okay. and he'll, create, he'll create songs. He has checked his ego at the door. And, you know, I'm not saying he's the next uh, Elvis Presley, but, <laughs> but he's fulfilled. Right, and his so, company. Let, I'm sure he's his company lets him do it. Yeah, I think yeah. And, and life's too short. Life's too mm-hmm. short. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So the mortality, which sounds very morbid, but that really is a, a motivating factor for me. Uh, and if you want to do stuff out there, just do it. So you brought up, you know, talking about the technology. I do feel like with social media, you can you can have gigs. I mean, you can have a business and and if your people are on Instagram, you could talk all day long about it on there. Um, Twitter has a different kind of a niche. Facebook's another one. Um, So there's opportunities um, to do that. Uh, But I think I'm with you with when you are job hunting. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's worthwhile to figure out how you can connect the dots, some of those complementary skills. Yeah, it, and and uh, it comes down to such excellent research that when you meet the people that you're going to be interviewing with, you're like, you know what they're looking for, and you have a side thing which may or you know which obviously only mention it if you think they're going to be interested. But I think these are things that can help your personal brand and help you to stand out because you're not like everyone else when you're multi-skilled and multi-passionate. That's what, and well, and like the guy who's singing, if he's singing about corporate life that's you know that's sort of like that micro pivot if you wanted to be a big singer at some point but this is that pivot into i'm singing about stuff i know about yeah the Um, stakes are so low the stakes are so low there's nothing to lose and and you know um you can have a very introverted person and they never have to leave their house that's the best um, part because they have everything on their phone that's right exactly (laughs) exactly Oh gosh. Well, um, this, I don't mean this question to be flippant, so, but I'd love to ask it. Um, is there something that just drives you crazy when it comes to job seekers? I mean, maybe you've already answered it with the, um, the not checking the ego at the door, but Mm -hmm. what is it that just makes you want to rip your hair out? Um, yeah. Uh, most of it I relate with because I've been through some nutty mm-hmm. behavior myself. So I, <laughs> I have no, I have no judgment, but there is one thing I have judgment with and that's this self-sabotage. And I particularly want to talk about gender here. There's a gender trap and I'll, I'll give you an example. I was preparing, yeah. um, and this is when I was in HR, uh, I had an internal candidate. So we were looking mm-hmm. outside, it was a senior role, but I had an internal candidate who was so interested. So I told the hiring manager, you see the external people, but I think she's right for the job. So he met her. Everything was great. And he came back to me and he said, no way. And I said, are, are you kidding me? Like, she's perfect. He said, yeah, but, uh, you know, she talked about um, being of <laughs> childbearing age and, and over communicating. And I'm going to oh, take time off. Oh, it was overshared, but it was also... Um, I mean, it was unnecessary. Why, why mm-hmm. a man wouldn't do that, right? No. So, so there's this whole uh, gender thing, particularly, and I'm not saying only women do it, but uh, the self sabotage happens a lot, and and one has to be careful because on one hand you're selling yourself so much, and then the, on the other one it's like you know shooting yourself in the foot. So that I don't get, to be honest. Um, and and the second one is related to that kind of, and that's selling yourself short. Uh, where, like I was saying, you don't see how awesome you are um, in the mirror. And, you know, so give me an example of a time or, you know, all those type of behavioral questions. It's like, you know, some sort of example. There are no numbers in there. You didn't practice. You're just winging it. Just take well, so high. I can't tell you how many people tell me, right? It's mostly women. I see two things with women. One is, oh, I was just lucky. I was just in the right place at the right time. They sort of belittle their their value because yes, luck, luck does happen. But if you're not any, if you stink, Mm -hmm. you can't make the luck 
work for yeah. you. Um, no, and, then, and then also I see in with where a woman will see a job posting and if they don't meet 95% of the job postings, yes. they'll say, oh, I can't yes. do this. Where men say, yes. oh, this is close yeah. enough to this, I can go for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and the third thing that I think drives me a little bit nuts, and this is not clients, but this is people on LinkedIn. And maybe this is me, uh, Virginia, but you know, those, uh, those posts. Hi, everyone. I'm looking for a job and I'm looking for, um, nothing. There's no, there are no specifics in there. I've just been laid off. I'm looking for a job. If anybody mm-hmm. knows anyone. Let me know. <laughs> oh, come yeah. on. I, I'm, I'm now there. I'm not judging, but. You want to do something called targeted searches, right? And I think if you're going to do this uh, mass appeal thing, maybe you'll do it once, but no more. And I, I saw today somebody had done that and then they shared their own post a few days later. I didn't hear back from anyone. Can you please help? And I'm like, God, dude, dude, I'm going to pull you out. You're, 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 in, there's a better way to do it. You reach out to people, but, but, even reaching out, there's a science and an art. But this mass thing, it drives me crazy because, I mean, you know, when you do that and you see zero engagement, can you imagine what it does to yourself? Oh my gosh, for confidence? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So that made well, me... I share, I share your your frustration <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, I get people will put it on your comments, help me get a job. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is not, it's not targeted. No. So the la- this next question I want to ask you about has been in the news quite a bit, but it's always been an issue. Um, there's lots of talk about discrimination, you know, as mm-hmm. a barrier to entry with hiring. Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. you saw it on the HR side. There's, you know, age, mm-hmm. ethnicity, gender, racism, sexism, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, especially given that you've been on the other side of things. And, and how do you help clients navigate that? Yeah. Um uh- I I think there's always been discrimination mm-hmm. and I think there always will be discrimination as long as we have human beings on the other side as hiring managers uh the biases are going to be there and you I know discrimination part of the human condition it is and and I know discrimination and bias is not the same thing but uh at the end of the day because um, uh, I attended a webinar two days ago and, and they talked about biases and it's these are so unconscious. Uh, there's these shortcuts that are sent to the brain. So it's like, you know, you're sitting in the plane, you sit down, there's a seat next to you and there's people walking. Okay, if you remember sitting in a plane, at least I think I have this <laughs> foggy foggy memory. And, you know, you're sitting and, and you're alone and then these people are passing by and the seat next to you is empty and there's this person and you're like, oh my God, I hope he's not sitting next to me. You don't mean to be a mean person. It's just these shortcuts and, and there's this lizard brain just protecting us. Uh, so as long as we're going to have that, I, and I am, I am, I don't want to, I know it's a bit unconventional, but I don't think I can do anything about it, both as a job seeker and both as a hiring manager. I can be made aware of it uh, and, and I can, I don't think I can control it because it's unconscious. So, I am a big believer in in Roman stoicism, which is all about focus on what you can control and be happy with it. And what I can control as a job seeker, and this is what I tell my clients, lead with what you can do for them. Make it about them. This is all about them. This is not your show. And I even, you know, make sure that they are the ones asking from the very beginning as almost, you know, um, in the last round of interviews, I'm like, you do 20% talking, make them talk 80% of the time. Mm. Um, and it's it's been proven, again, it's only anecdotal, but I when, when you talk a lot, um, like right now I'm talking to you and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I'm actually loving how, what a great listener you are, right? And And the human condition is like, this is a really nice person. And she's looking so interested and she's interested in me and what I think. So the biases will be there. But if I can just focus on what I can control, which is this is a value I bring, show it to them. Don't just talk, show it to them, bring something physical with you, uh, impress their pants off. <laughs> you did a deal, show them on, on, uh, on uh, you know, in the news where what happened? 
oh, there was a merger and you were responsible. It's public. Talk about it. Physical things. I I, I did that when I was in uh, business school. And there's these little things you can do to stand out. And I think when it's more about the value you bring and how awesome you are, and they're thinking, oh gosh, this is what I want them to think when they when they see my clients. Oh gosh, he is an answer to my prayers. I wonder when he can start. And when they see that, I, I see. I think they see beyond the the physical. You know, how I tall agree. He you is know, and, and how, because when and, you show them what you can do for them, I think we're wired. Our brains are wired to say, "Oh, me, me, me. This can help me, me, me." And it overrides the unconscious bias switch. No, it is. And again, um, everything I'm saying is coming after like 20 years of experience and mistakes. That's what I call uh, mistakes. I call them experience Uh, and uh, lessons. So Mm -hmm. it's not easy. None of this is easy. This requires daily practice. None of this is overnight. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, But when when you're leading with what you can do for them, it's issue focused. And at the same time, wow, congenial. Nice person hmm, smiles a lot, you know. And and uh, if there is no COVID, oh, great handshake. All of yeah. the non-ver the That's non-verbal right. stuff. That's right. Because we know the non-verbal stuff is 80 percent. The verbal mm-hmm. is remaining ten twenty percent. So if you know all of those rules, you're not putting up a charade. It's not fake. But at the same time, they 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 need the likability, the congeniality factor. So if you can do that, and you look like you know what you're talking about. Wow. But you're right. That's within your control because you don't know who's got what unconscious bias. Yes. And and I have always seen that. And, you know, like I mentioned, I I wasn't able to find work. I don't know if I got rejected because of the way I look. It's possible. Um, You know, in a a predominantly white country, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm brown. Was that a factor? I have no clue. And frankly, there's... I don't have the space in my brain or energy to go back and analyze uh, because... There's nothing I can do about it. And, and I always thought later, oh, those guys rejected me. I really wanted to go there. But I think deep down, it was a blessing in disguise. Hmm. I love that. And I never heard the term Roman stoicism before. I'm going to use that. <laughs> so let's say someone comes to you when we get to go to a dinner party when COVID is over and says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start job searching. What are a couple of things that I absolutely need to have to get started? Mm. Mm, great question. So I, um, I I have a slightly long answer, um, Virginia, because Hannah Morgan, <laughs> love another another brilliant coach, I absolutely mm-hmm. love. She had uh, crowdsourced this on LinkedIn last week. The uh, and she, gadgets. Yeah, <laughs> and she wrote a fabulous uh, article in it, and I absolutely loved it. And I shared. 10 things. I'm going to go through those 10 things because so that, I, her article was job search productivity tools, right? Exactly. Productivity okay. tools. And, and, and I, I kind of went a little bit beyond. So I the shared first a thing, couple. Yeah, like you did. One, I, one or two. <laughs> oh, and, and she's amazing because yeah. there were so many people and, and uh, she put it all together beautifully. Fantastic article. And I think I retweeted it all over the place. Uh, so yeah, so there's 10 things and I, I think they're meant for a very, very um, low budget, uh, which is mm-hmm. what I love. Because when you're job searching, mm-hmm. yeah, which is when you're job searching, you have to watch out, right? So the first thing is, because we're recording this in December 2020, so it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere. I think that the, the ring light, you know, that ra- round yeah. light, it's, it's 20 bucks. You put this in front of your laptop when you're interviewing, world of a difference because you're like dark and you know, almost invisible to completely, stu- you know, studio lighting. Oh, so it makes fair. your skin look clearer. Oh my God, it's so flattering. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, why models use it, yep. Oh my gosh, all these influencers yep. with their, you know, Instagram. So this, the second one is the the LAN cable. Um, so I don't use Wi-Fi anymore because I've been burnt so many times when I go live. And it's again, 20 bucks uh, because then you don't depend on uh, poor Wi-Fi. The third thing is is a very easy one. Uh, you know, LinkedIn search is very powerful. The free version of LinkedIn, not the yeah. premium version. So you're looking at somebody in a target company. You can see their previous employer. You can see the 
location, you can see how many years of experience, please take advantage of it. Uh, the fourth is Google Alerts, which we all know it's there, it's free. Mm-hmm. But then stalk those companies. You if can do a bunch. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to just do one Google or you can do a bunch. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, you don't have to be loyal to one company. Um, and obviously, you know, e- um, lots of people said this in her article, email address search tools like MailScoop and, mm-hmm. and Hunter.io if you want somebody's email address. Uh, MailScoop, um, I have tried to stump it many, many times and I can't. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and then a decent webcam, right? Uh, people are like into this fancy stuff. My webcam is 26 bucks and it has some sort of noise cancellation, which is great because it's so funny. Uh, when I go live on LinkedIn, sometimes the, the next door neighbors decide to put on yeah. their leaf floor. <laughs> <laughs> really loud and I'm apologizing and people in the comments are like we don't hear anything oh thank god because <laughs> it's so loud in my ears so the webcam uh, webcam uh, is uh, doesn't even have to be the best quality um, then a simple you know people go like oh Trello board and this that if you can do that that's fabulous but a simple Google or Excel sheet to track who did you reach out mm-hmm. to yeah simple spreadsheet who did you reach out to what was the, when did you do it what was the outcome um, you know dates because after a while you're, you're going to lose track and then color coded if you are a little bit org um, you know obsessed to see <laughs> who do you, who needs to get back uh, the eighth is Zoom which I don't know if people realize it's free for one on one conversations you don't have to pay you don't have a limit so, yeah it's uh, it's fabulous and uh, the 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 next one is a uh, uh, i love this this has been a game changer for me so this is a laptop stand uh, virginia and i posted a video on it because people's eye contact matters particularly when you're on virtual calls you need to look at the lens when you're talking not at the person because then the 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 you know it's the person well, the perception it makes you look like, and it makes you look like you have a double chin so if you stare with your eyes Alex Freund told me that you know, if your eyes are at the camera level your neck is up and it is more it's, flattering and <laughs> all the good stuff that the light the ring light is doing yeah. for your flat, flattering skin is completely undone with if you look um, down. Yeah, yeah with a non-existent double chin yeah. which has suddenly appeared out of nowhere so this laptop stand you know metallic or, or bamboo yeah. you can check it out on Amazon it's 17 18 bucks and the last one is very unconventional and that's uh, uh, a bottle of perfume or cologne next what? to your laptop yeah because you're going because I have candle uh, I have a candle that I breathe in sometimes. Yeah, and and I like it on my wrist. So if it's, you know there's an important meeting, and they obviously can't smell it. So my clients laughed when I said this, and I was like, just try it. And it was like, actually, it worked. You know, obviously, I was prepared. Really? I was over prepared. I was over prepared, but it it increased the vibration. Something happened, huh. and when it's face to face, um, you know, obviously, you know, keep something in the bag or in the car because you know, if you're one of those people that gets really nervous that you know you, your sweat glands are over working mm-hmm. over time that's always a handy thing uh to have but with remote uh, it's just you know it just changes your mood that's interesting <laughs> i love that and what, what perfume do you buy uh whatever's literally whatever's sitting whatever's there is. <laughs> yeah I, I i'm not partial that's so funny um all right so you have many balls up in there you have your podcast you have your business what is on the horizon for you in 2021 Okay, um, exciting. So the podcast which you which you said has just come out like a month ago, and and um, I I adore this part of you know the work I do. So I have big plans, you know, for the podcast one day that it you know gets a bit more scale, gets heard by more people. Uh, the second is the one on one. Coaching, I I adore that uh, because it's you've seen that Virginia. It's so exciting, yeah, to rewarding. be on this journey and so rewarding because you're almost like I don't recognize you anymore, you know. And and uh, they've done so much work on themselves, so so that I love. And then the third one, which is in the works, which is a project. Um, which I'm working on. I'm very very excited about it, and uh, it's about helping uh, job seekers, particularly in um, low-income countries who are not able to reach, you know, uh, career coaches out there and, and get the help uh, they need. Or people on a very, like, shoestring budget. Yeah. That, that's something that I'm working for the last three months on and, and I hope I can launch that uh, in, in December itself. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. So I have included 
in your bio, your um, LinkedIn and your website. Do you give a shout out as to tell folks what your podcast is, if that way they can learn about it? Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, lovely. So my podcast is called How I Got Hired. How I Got Hired. And- yeah, and it's really, really focused on, well, it's not just job seekers, but job seekers are, uh, you know, in my heart every time I, I, I do a recording. Like, how can this help job seekers? So I, I interview interesting people from around the world and we go back and listen to their stories on how, literally, how did they get hired for that dream job? And that dream job, you know, changed the entire trajectory of their career. And then, ah, oh, how did you get hired for that promotion? Oh, and then you started your own company. Okay. How did you get hired by your first client? So those stories are uh, are uh, what I hope brings lots of value I to the listen, listeners. I don't know if it was your podcast or if it was on YouTube, but it was a guy who um, talked about how he got a private equity job. And I just loved him and we connected on LinkedIn. And that was so, I loved what he had to say. Oh, uh, Neil, Neil. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh yeah, he's fabulous. Cool. He, he was, he was on the podcast and he has a fabulous YouTube video as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that was very, very cool. Well, so thank you so much. I know it's late at night, so I'm going to let you go to sleep right now, but I, I just, <laughs> I love your advice. I love your mindset advice. I think that's, that's so important. Um, and, and that's the key to getting over fear, which is such a big driver of the angst that people go through with job search. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. This was fun. Yeah. Well, take care. Good night. (laughs) Take care. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's skim online readers, hiring and decision makers, go to www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.